0: hey what's up everybody my name is aaron marler and this is the voice in the wilderness podcast today's episode is part two of our three-part series about deliverance In this episode, we talk more about how demons actually get permission, and we talk about the many different ways that they can infiltrate your life in subtle ways. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Okay, so when we last left off, we were talking about what, uh, like how we give permission to uh, demons and all that stuff, and the different things that, uh, that we do, whether we know that we're doing it or we don't know that we're doing it. So, what are some just like basic examples that maybe a Christian is doing that could open up a door that they right. may not know that they're
1: doing? Right. Well, as you know, I've never given probably a short answer to anything in my life, but I uh, don't I'll either. I'll try to, I'll try to keep it relatively simple. Um, The thing about uh, giving permission, and this is something that people need to understand. I want to give it just a little background. All of this falls into um, a certain category of what you would call rebellion. Yeah. And knowingly or unknowingly. See, when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, okay, they were essentially cut off from God because they had heeded the voice of the devil and obeyed his voice the glory departed from them they became essentially mortal they were subject to death okay spiritual and then later physical um, and their children their descendants especially until about the time of the flood there was these situations where Some people actually had a relationship with God. Enoch walked and talked with God and was not for God, took him. Um, Melchizedek had a relationship with God, etc. Abel, before his brother Cain murdered him, had a relationship with God. And so you have these situations, but you also have those who did not have. And so what happens is this when adam and eve were created something really interesting happened god looked down and he blessed he blessed humanity okay and he gave two mandates okay one of them was a sexual one be fruitful and multiply fill the earth with fruit basically reproduce yourself <laughs> okay then there's another one And that's one that has to do with authority subdue the earth and have dominion over it okay and so both of these things God had sort of demonstrated with Adam one was when he paraded the animals in front of Adam and he said call them whatever you want that's what they'll be called and they paraded in front of Adam it's like this is this and this is that and this is the other And the reason that he could do that is because God gave him permission. And in doing so, you have authority over something if you can name it. There's a principle there, which is why God would rename people occasionally. Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, Jacob to Israel. That principle also works the other way look at the king of Babylon with the children of Israel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego were not their names they had Hebrew names but they were renamed the idea is if I can name you that means I have authority over you okay which is why a parent can name the child I made you I have authority over you therefore I can name you and that's why In today's world labeling is so important oh yeah because once somebody can name you they can label you then what they're doing is they're trying to gain authority over you and labeling has become a very big deal but you don't have to accept the label okay but in, in, with Adam and Eve, there was these two mandates. One had to do with authority. One had to do with intimacy and reproduction. Okay. When Adam and Eve fell, they became corrupt. And so did their offspring. So what happened? You have a twofold God-given mandate to do two things. But now you are corrupt and sinful. And you're trying to do something apart from God that God has basically mandated but you're trying to do it apart from him now you can only go one way you can either submit yourself to God and try to fulfill those mandates in your own life okay in both of these areas or you can try doing it outside of God and the vast story of mankind is that largely mankind has tried to do it apart from God.
0: And they've done it so well, just haven't they? No issues whatsoever. Or like (laughs) I said
1: before, there are a couple things that the history of mankind demonstrates that man cannot rule himself apart from God individually, and he can't rule himself apart from God collectively. Yeah. That's the history of all human government. And basically, basically all humanity. So if you're not ruling yourself with God, if you're not fulfilling those mandates with God, how do you do it? How exactly do you fulfill those mandates apart from God? Well, there's a word for it. It's called magic. <laughs> now now see this is where i'm going to start getting cause Now when we, we start,
0: say magic we're not talking like no pen and teller no, or we're, david copperfield
1: this isn't this isn't about stage illusionists on on the vegas strip this isn't Chris this Angel. isn't this isn't some you know some some uh local magician working your high school pulling a rabbit out of the hat yeah. this is if you, not basically if you read it
0: it was magic m i g or m a g i c k right correct. Ma- magic yeah yeah
1: it's it's that kind of magic, and what people don't talking understand, more like Aleister Crowley or Anton LaVey exactly, and to, so people can understand what that means exactly. Not like your stage magicians and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I should say real magic, yeah, with a K on the end, is actually well, it's it's kind it's basically a belief system, religion. I should say, apart from Christianity, is essentially the formalization of magic. There are people who try to separate magic from religion, but in case of non-Christian, pagan religions, religion is the natural outgrowth of their magical practices. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it. And so this magic, this belief system is about methodologies that allow people to access spiritual entities or through, quote unquote, natural means, start affecting reality. Yeah. In short, the deal is since basically I'm not doing this through God I've got to either through natural or supernatural means other than God create reality to order yeah that's what magic is about okay that's the thing and so when people begin to practice these things when they begin to practice magic okay what happens is they begin to consort with Evil spiritual entities, yeah, and basically get into things that they're not supposed to be getting into. Um, let's see how. Well, if to- you
0: read in the Bible that happened, uh, was it not uh, oh, when they went to End- the Endor?
1: The Witch of Endor.
0: Yeah, that she was. That was her deal. She talked with
1: spirits and all that stuff. Exactly yeah the thing about it is when you do this what you're doing is you're you're basically rather than repenting of your sins yeah giving your life to God and submitting to his will Mm -hmm. and allowing him to work his purpose in your life not your purpose in your life what you have done is you've decided I will not submit myself to the hand of the Almighty instead I will continue my own way and live my own life and do things my way. And it's going to be about me fulfilling my purpose for my life, which is based on my carnal desires. Yeah. And these are the methodologies I'll use to accomplish my goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hence quote unquote magic. Okay. The best thing that the best I can do is under the heading of magic, There are a number, and and like I say, magic is basically a hardened heart against God's continual rebellion while trying to play God yourself. Yeah. And so what happens is people engage in certain activities that are designed to allow them to basically... dictate their own reality
0: it sounds like that mindset that lucifer had where was like i will be like god in a sense
1: it is a continuation of the mentality i will be like god i will be like the most high i will exalt myself my throne against heaven etc it's extraordinarily arrogant honestly uh, when you realize how tremendous and glorious the almighty is and then basically you realize what, how How little, how small, and insignificant we really are in comparison. But one of the ways in in which uh, ways in which human beings try to play God, yeah, apart from God, is basically knowing the future. The Scripture says this: "Who is like God, declaring the end from the beginning?" Jesus Christ is basically the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God created all things, both the material universe, but also he created all time. Yeah. And that's a concept a lot of people don't wrap their head around. He has not just created all space, all the universe, but he has created the time that the universe actually exists in. Big concept. So God is able to reveal the future. Yeah. And accurately but you got to get from him. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to do an end run around God, what happens is you begin engaging a- in activities that you think will allow you to know the future apart from God, Yeah, such as f- astrology, the forecasting of horoscopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all understand that that's the belief that basically the celestial bodies, the stars, the moon, etc. cetera, They that are supposedly uh, dictating to a great degree the behavior of human beings. Yeah. And based on where you were at and when you were born and how Uh, under which star you were, how everything was aligned astronomically. This is supposed to then tell you based on where these things are. Yeah. What is going to happen in your life? And there are these extraordinarily complex charts that are supposed to tell you what you're going to have for that day or what's going to happen to you in the future. And some of these people are trying to forecast horoscopes like five, 10 years out on what's gonna happen in our lives and all this sort of jazz. Um, And this is one of many ways that people are trying to tell the future instead of going to God God has forbidden this practice. Yeah. When you start doing a practice that God has expressly forbidden. Exactly. You are issuing an invitation. Yeah. You're opening a door. There are other ways in which people try to tell the future. There's all of these various, there's ones using the various elements, earth, air, fire, and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are supposed to be able to interpret the omens of what you know are going to happen by either water or fire or in the sky or in dirt, and these things and these things are supposed to give you an insight into the future. Um, there are people who believe that you can tell in the ways that birds fly future yeah. events. And there are people who believe that you can tell the future by uh, the patterns of lines on a human hand, palm palm, reading. Palm reading, yeah. And and then you have so in you have all of these different, uh, and then there are those who basically are channeling spirits and trying to learn the future from them. And this is where we got into the situation that you just talked about with. Saul. Yeah. Saul went to see, um, this, uh, woman who was a consorter with evil spirits. She basically, uh, it, it was a practice forbidden by God. You do not basically consult with demons for information. It's a forbidden practice and you do not try to, uh, talk to the dead. This is basically a um a practice called uh necromancy. Yeah, that's like yeah. wouldn't
0: that be what they call like mediums or exactly. something like that? A yeah. nec uh,
1: what what used to be called a necromancer and most people had no idea back in the day what in the world a a necromancer was yeah you know it's like people see that in the in, in the old testament necromancer what's that you know yeah i have no idea and they I mean,
0: don't go to a webster to look it up and see what to it look is. it up
1: and see it's one of those archaic terms that people don't but essentially a necromancer is one who has attempted to contact the spirits of the dead yeah well what actually happens is you're actually engaging in communication with demonic spirits some of whom may have actually inhabited those people yeah uh that you are kind to contact and this is essentially what saul did he went to this woman the um woman said wait a minute i know who you are you're saul you're supposed to be killing people that do what i do yeah. But Saul was so far away from God that basically. He didn't care. He didn't care. He basically said, I'm going to give you a pass. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. And he basically uh, gave her permission and she called up an entity that had the appearance of Samuel.
0: I bet her prices went up for him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I, know either, but I just feel like she might have been like, well. There's this no killing me charge, and it buys me a house.
1: So, but uh, I don't know that she was in the mood to haggle right then. Uh But yeah, they, but she tripped out when Samuel showed up, well, the, or what appeared to be Samuel. Yeah. There are other scriptures that actually basically talk about that what she did was she brought up a demon. Yeah, and so and it took on the appearance of of Saul of uh, Samuel, and basically, um delivered a very unpleasant message to Saul. But basically from the moment that he basically did that, his doom was sealed. Yeah. And that's a terrible thing. Um, For all of Saul's many failures, incessant failures, his persecution of David, his unwillingness to obey the voice of the Lord through Samuel back in the day, killing Agag and stuff like that, losing the kingdom in the process. At one point, he had truly had a heart to follow God. Oh, yeah. And when he was small in his own sight, he was great in the eyes of God. When he became great in his own sight, he became nothing in the eyes of God. And it's a cautionary tale that we really do need to remain humble before the Lord. And we need to seek the Lord in his way and to be completely obedient to him. But Saul is one of those guys that really just he just didn't get it. He, it was terrible for him. And so what happened was you have this situation where He basically called, there was, you know, you have this practice of wanting to know the future. Yeah. But how is it that you're trying to find out the future? All of these practices, Ouija boards are another.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the probably the biggest one.
1: Ouija boards are another one. Basically, you got the board, you got the little pointer, and you're playing with it and asking it questions and getting answers spelled out and all of that. And, um Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff is actually being introduced to young generations in the school systems. Oh, yeah. And that's not a new thing because I remember back in the mid 80s, um, there was a friend of your mother's who went to school in in, uh, Alabama. And I want to say this would have been in the mid 1980s. And she basically was in a class. And basically, um, they were being required by the teacher who brought in a Ouija board. Really? A teacher brought in a Ouija board, set it up on the desk in the class, and part of the assignment was everybody asks it a question.
0: What's the winning number to the lottery? No. And
1: <laughs> so, you know, somebody asked it its, its name. And of course, it gives you the usual bogus answer. It was bragging. It called itself Legion. Which oh, really? Is, yeah. I would have lost my
0: mind if it had said Legion. I'd have been like,
1: I know what this is. It's like, no, you're just bragging. Yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is, and. The thing about it is, there were people, kids that were raised, they ch- went to church, they came from Christian families, but they're basically being told, you don't do this, you get a zero on your assignment. I took a zero. That's it. And it's like sometimes you got to take, and they asked me, you know, what would you do? It's like, would you ask it a question? And it's like, well, if I did ask it a question, this was the answer I gave. If I asked it a question, what I would do is I would go up and I'd put my hand on the pointer and I'd say, what is the only name under heaven and earth by which a man may be saved? And let's, let's see what it answers then sometimes just, you gotta it's like you wanna you wanna answer questions you testify of Jesus Christ before this whole uh, assemblage here and oh, yeah. watch that board go nuts you know sometimes and you just got to, caught on fire <laughs> and it's like see now see that's my ornery side that says you know what if you're, if you're forced you're go- to do it if you're if you're gonna bring the devil here I'm gonna bring Jesus right against it oh yeah <laughs> it's like it's like you're gonna bow the knee in front of every one of these students that you're lying to
0: and the thought that comes to my mind
1: <laughs> and commanded in the name of jesus to do so here's a thought that comes and to it's me. like why
0: no. why did the teacher do that
1: well that's the question isn't it yeah because what like, is the teacher into
0: now because and this is a we're you know what we're just having discussion now but but um, we
1: shouldn't be asking questions of no uh those things at all but like i say we, that was just my honorary answer to that's them.
0: one of those things yeah I just—that's what I. Well, you know how thing. I am. Well, here's the thing. That's like in the Bible. You had what Elijah, and he's like, "Yell louder! Maybe Baal's
1: asleep." Exactly. You know, it's 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 it, he's he's mocking them. Apparently, you know, he he was taking a nap or something. Yeah. yeah. But I
0: understand that side of it. But that's the thing. You shouldn't mess with Ouija boards. You shouldn't mess with astrology. You should not mess with horoscopes because it just opens the door to something that honestly you're unless you like are well i was gonna say unless you're firm in the bible but if you're firm in the bible you wouldn't be doing this stuff anyways but you are you would think so yeah you would think but one of the things that makes me think about that teacher because for me when i went to school i never experienced that because my teachers didn't want to be there as much as we didn't want to be there so we all just slid by Mm -hmm. but there was a book i read called he came to set the captives free And it's really interesting because in that book, it talked about how there were people who were, well, this book uh, talked about how there were people who were into a Satanist group and they infiltrated churches right? and they did things. And sometimes the church would have just stopped growing. They probably would have plateaued or they would have closed altogether, depending on what happened. And you got to think like, you know, like in that book because that book was i think the 90s or something like Mm -hmm. mid to late 90s so if that was happening because because your story about the teacher that just reminded me of this it's like how much of that stuff is actually going on and making churches that should have been bigger and better plateau or close their doors because no one really understood this part you know what i mean well, and I'm not saying that the teacher was a Satanist or into any of that stuff, but I'm just saying she brought up something that affected a classroom. And if it was in that thing where it's like you had periods and stuff, she affected a lot of kids.
1: Well, when you figure that basically. Knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah, it was on the high school level. So essentially that teacher affected somewhere between 150 to 180 children every year. With that nonsense. If she, if
0: she continued if, if to do that. If they
1: continued to do it, but at least 150 to 180 kids every year. Yeah. And so when you're looking at that, regardless of what that person's motivation was in doing it, the effects can't be denied. For those who basically are apart from Christ, they had no defense and unknowingly were giving the devil permission. Oh, yeah. Demons' permission to actually do this because it is expressly against the command of God. Oh yeah. And so, and they were doing this. And so whether it's that or any of the other ways of telling the future, another one besides the Ouija boards is the tarot cards.
0: Yeah, that's a big one too. And I
1: should mention, it doesn't matter what you call these cards or what you call these boards. Okay, you can dress them up as religious ease, but calling a board an angel board. Is that a thing? It's a thing. Really? Oh, oh you you didn't. Oh. Well, see, I'm okay. sitting here. You're
0: saying this stuff like this. I'm like, what are you talking
1: about? I don't okay. know. Okay. Because I've never heard Welcome. of an angel board. Welcome to the 21st century. I
0: mean, I thought you were just going to say like Ouija board or a talking board. Because I've heard them called talking boards. But
1: I, Oh, no, 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 so no, no. So
0: churches back in the day would use maybe oh, no, some no. now.
1: Now. Really? It wasn't a back in the day. This is a new thing. Really? Yes. Like, yes. Wow. And and uh, the tarot card thing has been Christianized too.
0: I don't. Okay. Yes.
1: And so I don't care what you call it. Yeah. God has made it very clear that you do not do those kinds of things. Label it how you want Okay It is an expressly forbidden practice Period Yeah Okay And so you know uh, That's one of the things You are If you want to know the future You need to go expressly and directly To the Almighty Himself
0: Well here's the thing If you want to know anything Period It's called prophecy Yeah Go to God If you want to know anything, future, anything, if you want just whatever, go to God. It's like
1: dreams, visions, word of prophecy. These are the way God reveals. It's
0: like going to the janitor instead of going to the boss. It's like not (laughs) to be mean to a janitor, but it's like if you want something done at a high level or you need information, you go to the highest level that you can go to. You don't go to like a front desk or a janitor or someone
1: especially when the janitor is a pathological liar. Exactly. It's one of those things. So, that's one of those things that's like the the forecasting of the future however that person tries to do it. And that's really what what uh, what quote unquote magic really is. It's the idea that if you go through a ritual, okay, if you do certain things, you they will yield certain results. Yeah. And these various practices are for the purpose, largely, of revealing the future. Mm -hmm. That's what these practices are about. God has said, you want to know the future? You go through me. You go directly through me. You don't basically try to do an end run around me. But people don't want to do that. And they still want to know the future because they want to play God for their own life. Another thing is they basically want spiritual power. Yeah. But they don't want to submit themselves to God because the Holy Spirit will move as God wills through you. Yeah. Which may not be what you're willing for you. Yeah. And so basically there's this deal where people want to basically communicate with spirits and get them to do for them. Now, the thing about these the way this works is that these these things are people try to attract demons yeah um there are various ways they can do this um there's there's the casting of spells there's the there's witchcraft and all of this yeah and and all of this, and what they're trying to do is through a series of rituals, they basically enter into a contract mm-hmm. with a spiritual entity now. Here's the way that this works. It's always a quid pro quo. It's always a this for that. Yeah. You have to give up something. Demonic entities don't work out for altruistic purposes. They're going to get paid. Okay. Yeah. And and whatever price that they want, that person better be prepared to do because they're going to collect. Yeah. Okay that's the bottom line when you get something from them they're expecting you to give something to them and you're probably not gonna like the bottom line price in the long run see the th- yeah that's the thing
0: with them like the stuff whatever you have to give up is greater than what you were gonna get
1: well that's it and they go about different ways of of doing these things uh there are a lot of these people, and the the illusion or delusion that many of these people are under the uh, are under are under is that that if they do the rituals right, that basically if they're smart enough, that they can essentially control these entities. Mm-hmm. That's the real delusion. If they just recite things correctly, if they do the formulas, that's like. Um, uh, incantations, for instance. Yeah. Incantations are basically you're speaking or you're singing something that's like the quote unquote magic formula. Yeah. And if you if you basically speak it or you sing it correctly, that's you'll get the right results. And so you have these things. And by the way, isn't it interesting how much of this how many of these practices have a soundtrack oh yeah because satan lucifer was the crowning cherub that covered he was basically his pipes and his tab- tabrets were built into him at his creation uh because satan is or lucifer whatever term you want to use um is a cherub he's a created being um he had basically, he he is very musical. He was bright in appearance, and until and and he was perfect in in what he did in his ways until iniquity was found in him. Yeah, and so that iniquity basically manifested itself in pride. It manifested itself in rebellion, and so it's not too surprising that these characteristics tend to predominate in people that actually indulge in these kind of activities, whether it's the seeking of future knowledge apart from God, whether it's spells, incantations, whatever. And uh, it doesn't matter if you classify it as white magic or gray magic or black magic, whatever you think your motivation is. The bottom line is it doesn't really matter what your motivation is because if your motivation is to do this thing the problem is God says you're not supposed to do this thing you have a rebellion issue because essentially you go through God it's like if you want to walk in the true light you walk in the light of God's Spirit you walk in the light of God's Word Jesus is the way the truth and the light no man come to the Father except by him And basically, if you're going any other way, you're walking in the dark. And so you're still walking in the rebellious path. And in doing so, you're opening up more doors. Now, we talked about people, necromancy or mediums. Mm -hmm. Right now you see, you know, uh, people who claim to be talking to the dead or the dead are supposed to be talking through them this is a practice expressly forbidden Okay. Oh, yeah. um the i i should mention the term for essentially trying to basically forecast the future in the old testament often shows up as the term divination okay and so you'll find it if if you find one who is a diviner among you one who practices divination the penalties were pretty harsh Secondly, a necromancer, if one is trying to talk to the dead, communicate with the dead, have the c- dead communicate with through them, they are consorting with devils, basically, mm-hmm. uh, with demons. Basically, the penalties were very harsh for this. And so these practices are opening up permissions, these casting of spells, um, placing of curses. People are using... Witchcraft and sorcery in order to basically afflict their enemies. Yeah, they're they're pronouncing curses. They're sending demons on assignment to to wreak havoc in these people's lives. And so they're actually granting spirits permissions to attack others as well as opening doors then for themselves. Many people engage in uh, activities they don't even know the meanings of there are rituals that are supposed to basically produce results. Okay. Yoga. Mm -hmm. Yoga is one of these practices. Transcendental meditation is one of these practices. Um, You're basically making the moves. You're going through the motions. Many forms of the martial arts are these as well. And, it doesn't matter if you understand what you're doing. The important thing to the demon is that you're doing the ritual. Yeah. Because the ritual is in itself an invitation. It doesn't matter if you know, know it's an invitation. The important thing is that you issue the invitation. Like we said,
0: they're scam artists. They don't care if you know what you're doing. It's like a credit card company on a college campus. We, <laughs> we don't care if you fully
1: understand what you're doing. We just want you to sign on the dotted line. And that's really it. Many times people don't really understand the ramifications of the deeds that they're doing. There are things that basically, if you look into pagan cultures, you see certain things. And as uh, the United States of America has become more paganized, walked away more and more from God, you're seeing certain things that are becoming culture common yeah that basically are forbidden practices body piercings tattooings um head shaving ceremonies and people are saying well this is just the way things are it's what people are doing but they don't understand yeah what they're doing has a meaning Mm-hmm. Many times people are doing these things. They have no clue what these things mean. Many people are wearing things. They have no clue what these things symbolize. Yeah. Um, well, uh, talking about tattoos a minute ago. Uh, yeah, Because that's like a hot oh yeah. issue. It's like, you know, first of all, people are, th- are getting things tattooed on their body. They don't even understand what the symbols mean.
0: Yeah. Now, this isn't saying like you got a picture of R2-D2 tattooed on yeah. you,
1: but, you know, you're you're doing something that is yeah putting some. For instance, how many times have you seen these uh, tattoos? People are saying, well, it's basically, you know, Chinese or something. It's yeah. a good luck thing. Well, let's take a moment and think about that, shall we? Mm-hmm. Exactly who is being invoked to provide you this, this good luck yeah who is who, who's being called upon to bring this good luck to you do you really think that it's calling upon the name of Jehovah God I don't think so no I don't think so no either. you have basically tattooed an invitation to a demonic entity to work on your behalf and as a result given a permission to work havoc in your life as well yeah And so you have symbols that are being uh, uh, worn and tattooed on people. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that this sign has a meaning and that is actually worn and displayed many times for the purpose of attracting certain spirits. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's a pentagram, whether it's a swastika, whether it's a whatever, These different symbols have meanings. They were many times considered originally good luck symbols. They would be worn on jewelry. There are these things that have um, blessings and curses placed upon them that people are wearing, amulets, Mm -hmm. certain types of bracelets, certain types of jewelry that have been, these things have been placed on them Necklaces, tiaras, various forms of jewelry, uh, various types of earrings. These things are actually being prayed over. They're being cursed. They're actually being worn. And sometimes basically on how they design, the design themselves is for the purpose of attracting demonic entities. Yeah. What happens? Permission granted. Then you have the um, beyond the basically the uh, these type of things. Uh, I know, like even
0: acupuncture. Yes. Like
1: there's a thing. Um, yeah, it gets with the tattooing and, and the and the acupuncture. Many times the needles themselves
0: are prayed over.
1: It's about and and so you are allowing permission and so these things then are given permission to work in you. Yeah. It it's it's um it's it's very uh frightening how much ignorance really does hurt. Ignorance yeah. may be bliss, but what you don't know can hurt you, especially spiritually.
0: And see like like we've been saying throughout the this whole show, the fact that none of this stuff gets taught, none of this stuff gets mentioned, you know. And it's not like we're coming down on anybody who may have a piercing or may have a tattoo right now. Because, like, if someone's got, like, I don't know, a Winnie the Pooh tattoo or something, we're not saying Winnie the Pooh is, like, doing that. But you don't know what was prayed over on those needles and stuff. And so a lot of times, depending
1: on what you have tattooed on your body... And some of these people have tattoos before they're even Christians. Well, that's it. They have actually done these things, but they need to basically confess it's it's the same as with any other kind of sin you confess it you repent of it now if you have basically a tattoo of a pentagram if you have one of these quote unquote good luck phrases on the back of your neck you need to really see about having something done about that.
0: Yeah, because you can okay. get them
1: removed. And so you you really need to see about the stuff that is expressly and overtly continuing to create a uh, a doorway. A, a doorway you need to address that. Oh yeah. And so and so these are one of the things. There's the there's what I call the there's the divination thing. There's the necromancy thing, yeah. Where you're where you're consorting with demonic spirits. There's the stuff that's actually being done to your uh, to you, whether it's through needles or through various jewelry charms uh, and and such. But then you get to the altered state of mind stuff, yeah. Where you're talking about things like oh. We talked about it slightly with transcendental meditation, where you're supposed to enter into a certain state you're, of mind. You're
0: reaching like a nirvana type thing. Exactly. Where you're just in bliss.
1: Where you are actually. And at that point, people talk about things like the ability to astral project, where essentially your spirit is able yeah. to leave your body and and all of this. You're able to do other, other things like that.
0: And that's something that's really trippy. the f- Astral projection thing. Cause if you like, there's a guy, John Ramirez who was on Sid Roth a couple times. He's, is a, uh, he was a former, former Satanist, apparently pretty high up. And also in that book I read, he came to set the captives free. The lady who it follows ended up in the Satanist group and she was astral projecting that whole process, that whole thought process, that, that they do that is
1: wild to me. It is. I mean, people, and and this is where people start going into eye rolling. Yeah, because we're getting into what's known as eye rolling territory. I think we hear past this eye rolling territory, hear, but yeah. Well, we're know, acknowledging it now. A lot of people are just you know. Let's be honest. People hear this and they start smiling and they're just shaking your heads like. And a lot of people are like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that." What they believe, however, is irrelevant. It's the fact that the demons who basically are banking on their willingness to do it ignorantly yeah. are, are actually licking their chops. But when you get into the eye rolling stuff, when you talk about astral projection or people actually levitating yeah, or stuff like that, does that happen? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And so you have these situations where people are into transcendental meditation. They're going into trances Um, You have people that are basically um, engaging in things like uh, hypnotism. Yeah, that's something that people don't really think about. And unfortunately, that has been all too often introduced in the public schools. Now, I will say this. I have seen that. I was part of that. Like I was
0: at a show. Everyone in the school had to go to it. Yeah. It's one of those deals. It's like, and they were like, it's a fun little hypnotist. And I'm like, this was done. I was like, "Oh, who did it? It was the FFA put it on. And I'm like, what does this have to do with farming? And it was a hypnotist. And he brought like 10 kids up on stage. They were all drooping and doing the funny stuff. And he was like, if you're in the audience and you want to participate, do this. And I'm looking around, I'm seeing people, and there's like the same stuffs happening to other people. I'm like, this is not. And I had just started uh, looking into what deliverance was. Mm -hmm. And they'd already talked about that. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. So while he's doing that, I'm praying. I'm just like, no, I don't want this. Get it away from me. But it's like how many people knew that?
1: Well, that's it. The only thing that they know. Is they see basically hypnotism as just a form of entertainment. Yeah. And for some people, they say, well, you know, hypnotism is being used by doctors as a po- type of therapy or whatever, it to help people deal with, oh, I don't know, repressed memories. They got PTSD. Or, or they, or. Something like they're trying to stop smoking or something like this, some addictive practice and all of this. And so they're talking about hypnotism and all that. But the problem with hypnotism is it deactivates you. You at this point give basically permission to the other individual to dictate your— You give up complete authority. Complete authority is, is, is delegated to somebody else. And you are in an unconscious state where you have no authority. And the problem is, in that other state, you are at the mercy of whatever. And that's scary. And that is. Now, because originally, you know, the people, people debated for years, this was back when, uh, the guy who is was based in, basically best known for this long time ago, uh, was a guy named uh, Frank Mesmer. And that's why you sometimes hear uh, the old school term for hypnotism was mesmerism. Yeah. And so it, it was named Mesmerized. after him. Mesmerized. Mesmerized, exactly. And so later on, hypnotized became the deal because Mesmer had this um, theory of why hypnotism worked based on the idea of what he called animal magnetism which was basically an unseen force that emanated from the one person to the other, an interesting thought. He was orig- uh, then originally decried by the rationalists who said, well, you can't prove any of that. You can't demonstrate that. That's not scientific. We're just going to chalk it up to the power of suggestion. Mm. Mm. Um, Mesmer may have actually had been onto to more than what people wanted to admit to but the truth of the matter is however you believe it works the question is what are its results and the results are the loss of authority the loss of consciousness that change that altered state of mind and here's the thing about it it's an interesting thing years uh, apparently some time ago they did a study on people and how easy it is to hypnotize them and like somewhere around 80% or so of people basically were not very easy to hypnotize okay but about mm, 20% were and they found out that they basically um, ran two extremes there was like 10% on one end and 10% on the other and this great group of 80% you know in the middle those who were most um, susceptible to this were, first of all, people that had been experienced childhood trauma. Isn't that interesting? Because many times when somebody is emotionally and psychologically traumatized, they become mentally and emotionally broken. Yeah which is a great opportunity for demons mm-hmm. to enter in during things that are said and done at that time that caused that person to be emotionally and psychologically broken and sometimes as a result of what those young people did after they were emotionally psychologically broken um
0: well because when they go through that their defenses are down Exactly.
1: Because it's almost like they just shut off exactly. They have been so traumatized that they don't know how to deal. They, they don't know how to process whatever's traumatized them. and then on the other side are what they call are what they are what you would call um, people with a very, children with a very vivid imagination. oh yeah, um, people that would have like imaginary childhood friends, yeah and such be on be be aware. Of this of this it may not be an imaginary No, many times what we don't want to admit is that these children are interacting with something their childhood friend isn't just their imagination their imagination is either being stoked by spiritual entities or they're actually directly interacting with a spiritual entity Many times one that has come through the bloodline. Mm. That's terrifying. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so why is it those groups that would be most susceptible to hypnotism? Why? Because most likely they already have demonic presence in their lives. Yeah. And so when hypnotism comes their way what's in them starts shutting them down yeah it's like it brings them into it's like well there is a spiritual uh application to what is being done here and those spirits cause those people to fall in line and they all all of a sudden they're just laying in chairs limps and rags or getting up and they're clucking like chickens and they're you know Acting the fool in front of a crowd full of high well, school students. That explains students. How, uh, half the people that I saw get getting... him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. Um, but
0: yeah, no, I. Uh, it is crazy that that's who's more susceptible. You know, it's I don't know. It the whole thing is just crazy. And being like, I don't understand why you want to be put into a altered state. Period. But I guess since we're talking about that, the other logical step is people who do drugs because they put themselves in an altered altered state.
1: Exactly. They, they do. Um, people dropping, you know, hallucinogens, especially, uh, you drop a hit of LSD acid. Um, you're, you're just basically opening the doors. opening doors for spiritual entities. And this is not a new thing. No. Um, the, the, uh, the whether you use tribal people of the Americas or Native Americans or whatever term you want to use for the uh, indigenous American peoples, um, many of them would, would smoke something called piyote. Yeah. And it caused people to go, act crazy and all that. Um, it was, these things were supposed to open one up to being able to see into the spiritual realm. This is not a new thing. No. This goes back back to ancient times. There was these um, people that used to be called oracles. Yeah. Okay. And the most famous one was in the city of Delphi, the Oracle of Delphi. And a lot of times these oracles were called upon to give knowledge of the future or mm. spiritual insight of one kind or another. And they were actually pretty tricky. Uh, they learned how to give really shrewd answers that people could take multiple ways. Yeah. That way, you know, how is this war going to go? And then they would give some vague answer that could be taken a couple of different ways. That way, no matter what the results were, they could say that they hit it Yeah. and nobody could blame them. And it's just, it was what it was. But a lot of times what they were doing is they would actually inhale the stuff. There was uh, one, I think it might have been at Delphi. That basically, you had this like active volcano. Yeah, there was steel, like steel, and you had these gases coming up from underground. And they're basically, you know, they're leaning over in this stuff and they're getting themselves a good snort of it. And they're higher in a kite. And basically, the, and they the, put them in an altered state. It yeah. In a, it, in a state of ecstasy, which, because they're stoned.
0: <laughs> pretty much. And so, yeah. But yeah, you have people who get tore up over even saying that drugs could it be could open a doorway because it's like because i don't know why but the one thing that gets people tore up is they're just wanting like marijuana They're, they're like that's not even a drug you know i had a person ask me that uh about a year ago and they were like well what do you think is that bad and i'm like personally what i think is if anything puts you in an altered state where you're not in control of yourself then what's controlling you if you're not in control of yourself, something's got something's controlling you. Mm-hmm. And if it's not you, then who is it? Because you know, that's that. I mean, that's just how it works out. Like with an alcoholic, when they get drunk, they're not in control of themselves. But what's controlling them? You know, it's not like once they reach a level of drunkenness, they just. I mean, yeah, they black out. But still, like if you're drunk enough to where you can still like,
1: there are no limits, but the ability of your own body to take it.
0: Exactly. And it's like something's controlling you at that point. Because there are people yeah. who drink and they don't remember anything, but yet they did things. Mm-hmm. And there's people who did hard drugs and they don't remember what they did. You know what I mean?
1: Well, that's it. You, you have these things. Whenever you get into these altered state of consciousness, it is very scary. These things have been part of pagan religions for a long time. They are meant to open the spirit world to you basically what they're trying to do is because because people are cut off from the spirit of god when they don't have a covenant relationship what happens is they're trying to access the spiritual realm sometimes they can't do that through their own spirit they can't even do that through their own soul so what they're doing is they're trying to hotwire themselves chemically yeah. in order to be able to do that. And so that's really it. It's chemically hotwiring yourself to access the spirit realm. Unfortunately, that's a bad, that's a that's a really bad thing to do. Yeah,
0: you're not connecting to the right right. To surface. the right spirits. Yeah. See, I don't know. Like, I think... There was this. There's some trailers that talk about that I've seen on YouTube where they're talking about people doing like this one drug DMT, where it's like basically it's like, do you want to see God? And then they take DMT, and that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy what people say happened to them. And you you're hearing these stories, and you're like, yeah, that's just demonic. What's happening to you right now? Exactly. They're like, I think I saw God. I was like, you saw a, <laughs> you saw a demon, and yeah. it was and it's and their whole experience sounds sketchy. Mm-hmm. But
1: so we talked about all the stuff that can. Oh, one yeah. more thing among the Alder Uh Basically, be careful when you go under anesthetic. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you are basically going to be put under, when you are basically going to be whether For a it's surgery the, or anything. If you're going into the dentist chair and they're going to gas you up, and you ain't going to know your own name, if you if you're going to be go, putting into the surgery you definitely want somebody praying for you who is praying protection over you during that time. Yeah. Because uh, you you do not, you really want to avoid it if you can. And if you can't, then you definitely want somebody praying on your behalf.
0: Have like an intercessor or something.
1: I mean, where is there going to be more unpleasant spiritual activity than in many emergency rooms, in many hospitals, in many ICUs? I mean that's just going back to that book given. that I read earlier,
0: the one chick who helped out the uh um the the one chick who helped out the other lady who became a satanist was actually an e r nurse mm-hmm. and there were and like i said this it's a really good read, but there was one part in the book that freaked me out because there was this older lady who was in an ICU or something. And so she was helping her out, but she said, I don't like this one nurse that's here. She's not good. And she was like, the lady was older. She's like, ah, what, you know, you're just old. You just don't like her. But turns out the lady was actually part of this little, uh, sect of a Satanist group that she was in mm-hmm. and was basically telling the chick. She's like, yeah, you're going to die. You're going to die. And the old lady was, was not happy about it one out of a demon came in and if the chick wasn't in the room she would have died that night and it's it's just wild i mean yeah i I reference that book too much but it's trippy (laughs) because here's the thing yeah you gotta look at it like this you're like if what they're saying is true then it it just gets crazier because these people were in they were in it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then they become a Christian. So it's not like their memory just gets wiped of all the stuff that they remember. Right. They remember this and if all this stuff is true then that's just crazy that that stuff even happens.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing uh the idea that you know that there are men and women who are practicing things. Yeah. Truly horrific things that they know that and the thing about it is they have very strange mentalities. Before I get into that, I do want to mention, we're talking about hypnotism. It's very interesting because uh, I ran up on some things a while back about that topic. And I found it interesting that people were referring to hypnotizing people, uh, they used the term spells. Yeah. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? That they should. A little too fitting. A little too fitting. I think what most people don't understand is that right now you have, and we talked about this on our first episode where we talked about the spiritual entities mm-hmm. that basically the cosmocrators who, like Satan and his cohorts, whose job is to blind the world. Yeah. To blind the understanding of men and women's hearts and minds, so basically as to keep them in the dark. The truth of the matter is many of these people don't see themselves as evil. And this is what's interesting about the, about the true nature of evil. The truth of the matter is most of the time, evil people do not see themselves as villains. No. They see themselves as heroes. Um, they see themselves as just and right, which allows them the justification to do the most immoral things while at the same time viewing themselves as moral and and as justified in these things. And so they have these mentalities about this. It's like Adolf Hitler did not see himself as a monster. He saw himself as the savior of Germany. Yeah. Yet any rational human being looking at the life and deeds of Adolf Hitler would say the man was a monster. Oh, yeah. But he never saw himself that way. He never, yeah. Others among his hierarchy never saw themselves that way. And, of course, they were also into various, uh, f- you know, the, the Thule uh, Society. They the different and, occult stuff. And, yeah, the, the gathering together of... Uh, religious relics because they believed that they had spiritual power it was about drawing spiritual power into the hands of the Nazis Yeah, and that now has become the stuff of of Hollywood Entertainment Mm -hmm. but nevertheless they were actually doing that sort of thing they were looking to accumulate these sort of items in the hopes that in doing so they were actually accumulating spiritual power And they were into any number of extraordinarily evil practices. But again, evil people do not see themselves. Or I use, I have a phrase that I use. Everyone's the hero of their own life story. Oh, yeah. People do not see themselves as the villains. And they're not prone to do that. You actually need a light from heaven to actually see yourself many times as you truly are. And so when people justify themselves, it's like people who actually serve the devil. Yeah. Okay. They don't see themselves as evil. They really don't. What they see is they have this warped perception of what reality really is. It goes back to our whole armor of God discussion. These people see themselves as as they they actually think that Satan or Lucifer is the true illuminator the true light bringer yeah and that his job is to basically tell people you know what you were created to indulge your own passions Mm -hmm. this is what you were made for and that's what's actually true and good That you do these things that you fulfill these fleshly desires that and of course Jehovah God is always the cosmic killjoy, the bad guy, the 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 one that they consider evil because he's actually restraining men and women from acting on these passions. So in their mentality, dark becomes light and light becomes dark, evil becomes good and good becomes evil. It's totally flipped. Yeah. And so they see themselves as the heroes Doing the good, being the good, because the good is in self indulgence. That's what it's really all about. And some of them believe in a literal devil, an actual devil that he is. And then others say, well, you know.
0: It's like a metaphor or just a, a metaphor, symbol.
1: and 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 they're like what uh, atheists or whatever, which is really sort of funny because many times it's it's really funny how so many times people who talk about being atheists actually serve spiritual entities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Karl Marx, for instance, invented Marxism, aka communism, and he actually, as I recall, wrote a poem to Lucifer. I mean he, he wrote a sonnet or something. it was it's, it's ridiculous where he's he's basically lauding Satan. It's like, wait a minute dude, you're supposed to be an atheist. you know you're a communist, you're supposed to be an atheist. So you know and and so but I do understand that from certain people's mentality, they don't want to believe in a literal Satan. Because if they believe in a literal Satan, they have to make allowance for a literal God. Mm -hmm. Even amongst themselves, Satanists versus Luciferians, a lot of times they don't agree. They've got their own internecine differences. Yeah. But the bottom line is they all go in the same direction. And the sad thing is that that sad same direction is the wide path that leads to destruction. Yeah. Not the narrow path that leads to life everlasting. And... In doing so, they send out messages and commit deeds and promote philosophies. And it's not just the Satanists; it's the those the practitioners of witchcraft, it's the uh, proponents of pagan religions. Because ultimately, all pagan, non-christ these non-Christian pagan religions all go back to the worship of demonic entities, mm-hmm. and so it's all about those things and the truth of the matter is these people think that their minds have been illuminated but their understandings have actually been darkened and they are more blind than anyone um and that's uh, that's tragic for them but it's also tragic for the people who are affected by what they're doing and we're seeing these people. Becoming more and more pronounced, they're more and more open than they used to be. They're more and more pronounced than they used to be, yeah. and their propaganda well, like is there more was, widespread.
0: There was a documentary about two three years ago, and you can stream it on Hulu. It's about Satanism. I think it, I forget what it's called, but yeah, it's on Hulu, and it was about three years ago. I think two three years ago, hmm. and it was really popular for a while there, and it was, like, I never watched it, but I read the description, basically, it was talking about all the stuff that they do, and what it is to be a modern day Satanist, and it was like, oh, no, or the, remember the big stink but, uh, a few years ago about the, uh was it a
1: Baphomet statue being put up? Up in Michigan somewhere.
0: Somewhere like that,
2: yeah.
1: Well, actually, I think they were going to put one up in Oklahoma, and there was a big fuss about that, and I think they ended up doing one in Michigan I was if I'm Michigan not mistaken. but yeah it's
0: like so it's actually getting more open like you said whether that, like t- like when I was younger like you never yeah that was almost like a thing that was pushed to the side you know it's like yeah that don't exist or if it does it's not our country and then you get to like 2015 it's like we got a statue and we have a documentary
1: well and that's it what you're seeing is you're seeing the selling yeah the promoting, the package, the packaging, promoting, and selling of 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 witchcraft, of of Satanism, of all of these different practices, and they're being put out there in movies. They're putting being put out in television shows, cute little cartoons uh, on the children' cartoon different networks that you yeah. know that, that show cartoons and sometimes live action programs to children to basically condition them yeah. to the idea of all of these things. And then when they get to their teenage years, there's all the young adult books yeah. that are out on the market. In fact, I was in a store just uh, some months ago and mom and I were in there and we walked past their young adult section. I said, check this out. And you could see book after book, after book, after book, after book, all aimed at the young adult market, all these teenagers and tweenagers and all, whatever they're calling them. And they're basically all basically occultic in nature. Yeah. Then you moved to the, to the teenagers and the adults. When I see, I have a background in books. Yeah. Okay. I spent most of the nineties selling books. And so, I, you know, back in the day, what you had, back in the 1990s and before, basically this kind of stuff got catch-all into a couple of, of uh, titles. If it was fiction, okay, this kind, of, these kind of activities were either pigeonholed into the horror category. Yeah. Or sometimes into the sword and sorcery genre. Mm-hmm but mostly into the horror. If it was nonfiction, it was either in the new age section. Yeah. Okay. Or at times there were still those who actually had occult. cult. Okay. Yeah. That's very old school. Yeah. And now so, you've got to get rid
0: of the occult. You got to put that under new age, make it sound better.
1: And so, but now the new term is paranormal. Yeah. That's the big one now. And if you, if that's you go an online, for everything. that has become the, uh, you, you said it correctly, the umbrella for everything. You get online, you go into a bookstore, you go over to where it says paranormal. And at that point, you have got the smorgasbord. Oh, yeah. You've got the smorgasbord of every kind of, I, I mean, whether it is. And, 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 and here's something I guess we haven't touched on yet. But we might as well give it time I mean Ooh. if we're gonna if we're gonna ride the train, we might as well ride every car to the station shoot sure. but what this you is the have, episode where we lose all the friends this, this <laughs> is the this is the this is the one that's like okay, well, this is where it gets interesting, and that's the um the paranormal romance, yeah, now let's be perfectly honest, the selling begins early, yeah. In children's, like I say, on different cartoons, live action, television shows, and films, live action and animated. Moving towards kids, moving towards the kids. By the time they're old enough to read, yeah, it's the Harry Potter thing. And yes, to all of my Christian brothers and sisters out there. You ought not to be reading the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. You should not let your children or your grandchildren read the Harry Potter stuff. It's not just entertainment. It's a primer for witchcraft. Yeah. And it's an opening of the door. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. be of, yeah. But I, that one is such a popular one. It's still a 900-pound gorilla in the room. You got to mention it. Yeah, Then you get up into the teenage stuff and the adult stuff. And what you're seeing is you're seeing uh, things where let's see. The witch falls in stuff in, in love with the shapeshifter. And but the third party in the romantic triangle is a werewolf. And then the vampire and, uh, stops by. Then there's the vampires, all the whole Twilight jazz. Yeah. And yes, uh, which is run incessantly. And the promotion of witchcraft into, let's be perfectly honest, we have entire TV series on networks that are run incessantly as marathons. Oh, yeah. Where the female lead character is a witch. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's being constantly, constantly, constantly introduced as something that is right or good or acceptable, but it's not. But the problem is, it gets back to what you talk about infiltration. You don't need a whole school uh, full of... Evil people. What you just need is a handful of people in the right place.
0: You need need one teacher to bring a Ouija board in.
1: You have uh, one nurse to do dirt, one school teacher, one this, one that. All you need is one person who actually will help push things in the wrong direction. Well, here's the thing. The promotion. Yeah. The paranormal romance. Yeah. Vampires and werewolves and shapeshifters and witches and warlocks, and demons. Yeah. Sometimes they just flat out use that. Flat out demons. Well, here's the thing. These things are being promoted. Now, that's where we start getting into some really dark stuff, where we start talking about people, where we start talking about sex mm-hmm. and demonology.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: most people don't know it's like right now vampires have gotten seriously big play since at least the 1990s yeah uh, go back to because i remember in the 1990s there was this phenomenon going on and i became aware of it. it's like what is this and it was like it was something called the vampire chronicles hmm. and basically it started with something it was like the vampire lestat and stuff in this and uh there was these books and it was all about these vampires and they were written as romance type of things and all that. Well, here's the problem. And the, and the vampire romance theme continues in Twilight, continues in ridiculous numbers of books. Here's the problem. If you actually do a little research and find out what a vampire is, a vampire is a demon. Yeah. A vampire is a particular kind of demon called an incubus. Mm-hmm which means that it is a demon that takes on the form of a male for sexual purposes. Yeah. The same thing. There are is a female version called a succubus. Yeah. Um, And these demons take on, and let me tell you something, you may not believe in quote unquote vampires, not the kind that Hollywood turns out, but so far as incubus and succubus, Mm -hmm. those, those entities exist yeah and there are people who engage engage in that. relations with these entities. Mm-hmm. That being the case, this kind of thing is being promoted now in the pages of these books. They are being promoted in the pages uh, basically romantic relations with demons yeah or with demons/ vampires or with basically werewolves who basically are, Human individuals who basically have received a spirit, which I guess you would classify under lycanthropy, mm-hmm. and transform into werewolves, into, the, into these yeah. creatures. Then you have the shapeshifters, which they are their own demonic dynamic. And then you get into the witches yeah. and the warlocks. And it's like, and all these people are entering, uh, you know, they're all quite beautiful and stunningly handsome and always in the midst of these romantic. Yeah. And the triumphs. books I never
0: write about, there was this ugly frumpy looking warlock. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, there's this, there was this, you know, terrible pudgy werewolf basically yeah. that, you know, we constantly <laughs> smacked with a rolled up newspaper because he was, was, he was waiting he on was the carpet, five, you know, he was five foot two <laughs> and 400 pounds.
0: He struggled. No,
1: but there's all of this. It is romanticized. Yeah. Publicized. Very positive and sold yeah and so when you get into that you realize there's a lot of people engaging in promoting this
2: mm-hmm.
1: um they are actually trying to promote people desiring to engage in these in these practices in the same way people talk about you know and, and there's the ritual sex magic thing and all of that where yeah people believe that the spiritual power of intimacy can be harnessed to mm-hmm. be used to create results. I'll just use yeah. that terminology. This is being promoted. And so you're seeing this. What does this mean? It means that generations and let's be honest. I'm a middle aged dude. Yeah, OK. And the truth of the matter is most people my age don't have a clue about this stuff. However, you're a guy in your 20s. Yeah. And I will tell you, your generation unfortunately is much more savvy about these things than their parents and their grandparents generally because of media. Yeah. Television, movies, books, Etc. Well, it's like it's in y'all's all generation. There.
0: Yeah, in y'all's generation, it was almost shunned and like just don't even talk about it. Just Don't even look into it.
1: Honestly, it, it was like there was almost a non. It was a stigma. The, a lot of it, and let's be honest, there might have been two, three programs out there, if that. You know, you you have, you know, but the truth of and but with me there? growing
0: up, you know, you've got like ghost adventures, ghost hunters. You've got basically anything that's on like a freeform channel then you've got the movies you got like i said you got the twilight movies you have the stuff from the 90s and all that stuff it's really out there like tlc you got long island medium and all that stuff Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's like this whole paranormal type stuff in it's not shunned and it's not looked down upon it's actually welcomed in most forms of media
1: It's a reflection of and a vehicle of cultural shift. Yeah. And with the cultural shift has become an increased paganism in the United States. Yeah. And the problem is it has opened multitudes of doors and multitudes of lives. Yeah. That has wreaked havoc because honestly, you never get the truth of what the payoff really means in a person's life once they're open to the demonic. Yeah. And so whether it's the promotion of the paranormal, altered states of mind through drugs, hypnotism, uh, or uh, anesthesia, divination, the telling of the future, witchcraft and sorcery, uh, all of these various things that we've talked about, these are some of the many ways and probably some of the most popular ways in and and pagan religions that people have opened themselves up now that is a whole lot of territory to cover but the bottom line is uh, the the first thing you have to recognize is first of all these things are going to take a toll on you
0: oh yeah definitely
1: they're going to basically start wreaking havoc in various places in your life. Oh, I get. Mm, I guess I can't quite leave the previ- previous topic, can I? Which one? Well, um, we just re- I, I, took in a direction. We talked about things like the ritual sex magic, the promotion of the romanticizing yeah. of. Um, you ever heard the term fetish? Oh yeah. What is a fetish? Hmm.
0: In what way are we talking about? (laughs) Because I know, like, there's a magic term or something of a fetish.
1: Exactly the 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 term fetish is basically something which is basically valued. Honestly, yeah. Which basically what a fetish does is it's an object, usually, Mm -hmm. that provides an uh, someone with control or power over um, other objects or individuals. Yeah. And so consider the, the, the entertainment uh, thing would be like the quote magic wand. Yeah. You wave the magic wand, you tap the hat, the rabbit comes out. It's supposed to, you know, well, a fetish is an actual real object or anything. Yeah. It's generally considered an object. Uh, you see them a lot. You'll see uh, people who are witch doctors, who are charmant, They've got like a uh,
0: stick or something. Exactly. Yeah. That it's a, it's they, more or less
1: than an item used. Right. They dance around. It's a tool. They're singing and chanting. Yeah. Uh, in short, what we were talking about with incantations. Yeah. They're singing basically a spell and they're dancing around and they're shaking the fetish, mm-hmm. which they believe gives them power over, over what individuals and objects and, and reality. Yeah. Well, there's also the sexual yeah. aspects of that. When people are, are getting pulled into this, what are they really getting pulled into? Yeah. How much of what they're doing is actually a ritual they don't even understand? Mm. Yes. Yes. It's not just all quote unquote sexual fun and games. Yes. Yeah. It's actual things that you're doing that are basically setting you up for things.
0: It's opening doors, even it's if you don't know
1: door. it. And of course, basically, yes, um, you may not realize the nature of the activity that you were involved in, or perhaps even the spiritual inspiration for. But as, as we've been
0: saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just the as long we'll as. you will use
1: any pretext.
0: And see, that's a lot of stuff that can open doors for people. You know what I mean? Like, and whether you know it or not. um, One thing I will, I want to at least cover is getting back to, because we've pretty much talked about most
1: of the, major ways
0: yeah these are the ones the most common ones the ones that really will affect most people Mm -hmm. um okay so we've been talking a lot about all the stuff that can open the doors and all the different things that can affect people whether they know it or not and pretty much how easily everything's been like infiltrated you know like media just pushing everything towards uh, everybody um, We're going to go ahead and probably just draw this episode to a close since we've talked about all the stuff that can open a door. I figure in the next episode um, we can talk about w- the nuts and bolts of the deliverance ministry and actually what all goes into it and the stigma surrounding some people who actually go through a deliverance session.
1: Yeah, because like I say, the, the thing about it is what we've talked about now, fortunately, if people haven't engaged in these activities, yeah, at least now they have the information that they need to know in order to know what they should be avoiding. Yeah, It's like, if you haven't went there, if your family members haven't went there, this is what you can keep them away from in order to keep from opening these doors yeah the question then is how in the world if you've already opened these doors and demonic spirits are actually working in your life how then do you go through the nuts and bolts of being rid of them and what are the reactions that you and others who may be helping you get rid of these things are going to probably receive as a result
0: (laughs) oh yeah because there is a stigma between about the whole thing
1: that is true but you know at the end of the day you gotta ask is the servant any greater than his master
0: that's right and with that we will end this episode thank you so much for listening to today's show if you want to stay up to date on all things regarding this show please follow our Instagram page at VoiceInTheWilderness_Podcast, underscore podcast or check out our Facebook page at voiceinthewilderness. We also have a YouTube channel called Voice in the Wilderness. So please subscribe to it. Follow me on all the social media. If you're listening to this on a streaming service that allows you to follow me, please do that. If you're listening to this and they allow reviews or something like that, please leave me a review. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much for all your support.